Recording from the Financial Coach offices in Westchester, PA, this is Untucked, a podcast hosted by three financial advisors discussing markets, investing, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm Megan Tate, and I'll be joined by Mike Trainer and Jeff Mastronardo. Let's get started. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Hey guys, uh, on today's episode, we are going to start off with a quick roundup of Philly sports. Um, We are going to talk about an article that cites the demographics who tip best. Uh, We actually recorded the pod on the day that Adam Newman, the CEO of WeWork, stepped down. Um, But we have some thoughts about him and kind of the state of, of that company and their IPO. And then finally, uh, we are going to talk about the idea of professional sports leagues, I should say, creating investment vehicles that allow um, that allow people the ability to buy stakes in teams. Um, and then finally, our top five is things that should be obsolete in the next five years. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Untucked. Uh, this is Megan. And Mike. And Jeff. <laughs> Um, today we are going to start with a Philly sports line lineup roundup. So the birds played on Sunday. The Phils are sort of in the hunt. We'll do a little Flyers, a little Sixers action. You want to go? Want to go Birds first? Well, before we started, I would like to throw out kind of a fun fact that maybe you guys weren't aware of. You should let other people tell you they're fun. Um, the average. American spends two and a half days a year looking for lost items. Is this Philly sports? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just looking for some feedback. I mean, two and a half days a year. Does it seem like a lot of time to spend looking for lost shit? Knowing you, no. For me, yeah. What do, what do I lose? <laughs> that, who who that... figured this? <laughs> who did this work? Yeah, where'd you find this? Was this in a fortune cookie? It might have been. What did you know? Like, can you guess what the, like the top items that people look for that Keys, are lost? Wallet, phone, phone. Wallet was not a top one. Keys, remotes, phones, oh, remotes. But twenty nine percent of wallets that were lost were returned. Pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> Where are these? <laughs> I just thought it'd be nice to start off with like a fun fact that maybe you weren't aware of. Oh, I was not aware of that. Thank you for sharing. Right, we can we can absolutely, obviously, just delete that entire <laughs> Next conversation. Fact. I might add it at the end. Just one of the games. Copy and All paste. Right, good fun fact. <laughs> All right, birds. Birds. Where do we start, trains? Well, My I didn't God. watch it. I was in the car, so I listened to Meryl Reese describe the carnage. So, um, in hindsight, glad I didn't watch it. Yeah. Got a really good description of what was going on out there. It's almost better to listen to Merrill Reese, you know? It was unwatchable. I mean, it was very unwatchable. And what's more disturbing is they played horribly and they were in the game. The I mean, they, they almost and probably should have won the game, which is the same feedback from the Atlanta game the previous week. So yeah. the Lions should be more embarrassed than the Eagles. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're a Lions fan, that game. yeah, you're like, how how did we let them stay in the game? I mean, they were. The, I think the Eagles had three turnovers and the Lions had none. We might have had more than three turnovers. Um, yeah, they look bad. I mean, it's it's definitely time for concern. I don't. I disagree. Uh, it's not time for one concern. and two. Um, they rattle off four wins in a row or four out of five, and everything's fine. They're playing in Green Bay on Thursday night. Green Bay's not that good. They're three and zero. Oh. Not that good. They were the defense was on Aaron the field Rogers, for thirty five minutes on Sunday. Wow, that's a fun Stats. fact. Thirty five <laughs> minutes and 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 they had I think two defensive touchdowns. So it, it, the Green Bay offense is not that good. They're in disarray. Yeah, I mean you sound exactly like every other Eagles fan out there. <laughs> Completely delusional. Uh, and I'm with you. I'm I think the Eagles are going to go into Green Bay and win. <laughs> uh, the Patriots went. One and two to start their season last year and lost to the Lions. And they ended their season pretty well. So they won the Super Bowl, didn't they? Yeah. That's an interesting fact. Is that a fun fact? Yeah. <laughs> um, One and two and they lost to the Lions. Wow. Yeah. I guess their second loss, their third game was a loss to the Lions. And, and look, birds are one and two and they kind of can't play worse than this, right? They're also hurt. Every team's hurt. I hate that excuse. I absolutely hate it. Okay. Every team deals with injuries. Now, okay. we have our top two receivers out. Mm-hmm. We? Let's <laughs> we talk do. about the we He's stuff. a contributing member to the Eagles organization. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm the 12th man. <laughs> um, did you guys see the video? I'm sure you did. Of the guy who was helping. There was a fire in Philadelphia, like yes. some sort of building fire. And he made a comment about how they were catching children being thrown from the fire and then looked at the camera deadpan and was like, Unlike Aguilar, <laughs> there was, and then Aguilar <laughs> tweeted out, yeah. "He's offering like Invited tickets to the, to the guy yeah. for the for the guy to come to a game." I was more intrigued by the fact that it was like your typical news story where the guy kind of crackhead's a strong term, but oh my god, I don't think he was a crackhead. I know he wasn't, but he's just like like my buddy was literally like <laughs> throwing tossing children. babies out yeah. the window but, and we were catching them like what the story is the Aguilar comment not why they're throwing right. babies out a window <laughs> what crazy ass person is interviewed for saving babies and is still scarred by the by Nelson Aguilar dropping a pass two weeks ago Philadelphia fans I mean it's, it's that was hysterical and then there was that uh, video of the guy in the stands going yeah. berserk and it turns out he's like the the dean, of dean of admissions at Penn or yeah. something. Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a bad luck. He was in. He was at the link. Oh, and yeah. he was losing his. They mind. caught him at some point, and he was screaming obscenities. Like you could read his lips very clearly. The Inquirer got three lip readers to <laughs> to actually get the words he was saying. Yeah, and he dropped the f bomb. Um, I was listening to radio this morning, and this woman called in, and she said that she's. I think she, was it a pen. Yeah. She works yeah. at Penn as well. And she's like, look, I'm a very professional person. I go to work. I do my job. I do a great job. But when I step into the link, I'm the same way. I scream. I'm crazy. I don't offend anyone. I don't hurt anyone. I make sure not to drop the F-bomb too much. But I'm not hurting anyone. It's I'm passionate. So I kind of saw her side of it. Oh, I had no problem with it. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Good trains. I think it's pathetic. <laughs> You can scream and yell. Like, I don't, you you go into a sporting event and you're dropping the F bomb every other word when there's kids around. I think that's, I think that's an idiot. You're just an idiot. You're immature and you're stupid. That's my opinion. You can control yourself while you're watching a game. Do that in your living room. Don't go into a public place and start, you know, 
F this, F that, you F and stuff. You know, that's just stupid. I agree. I mean, is that what he, I didn't see the video. Is that what he was doing? He, he said the F word once. I don't know that it was more than, I, and I don't I'm a think fan of the F word. So it's you can't it. say the F word if you go into the link? I think you got to be aware if there are kids around. Yeah. yeah. If there are, which there usually are, you got to be, you just have some discretion. Yeah. I agree with that. I think if you have, I think you, I thoroughly believe you can use the F bomb at the link. But I certainly think you should be aware of your surroundings. And if there's children around, you okay, should. Okay, we agree. Yeah. Okay. How about those flyers preseason? Who's been who's been watching flyers preseason? That would be me. And and I know that you guys probably don't care, but I'm I'm excited. I think they're going to be good, decent to good. I think they'll make the playoffs eventually. Everyone's down on this team, and it's just typical Philly. Like, oh, the Flyers suck. They, and then I, I was I was with somebody or in the same room with somebody that the game's on preseason game. You know, there's maybe one guy that this person recognized because they're all they're playing rookies and guys trying to make the team. They, he doesn't know. And he's looking at him and he's he's watching the caliber of play and he's criticized. Oh look, these guys suck. Like it's preseason. There's a bunch of ki- what do you what do you think preseason of hockey is, man? They're gonna be okay. They got a couple of young. They're they're. Um, young prospects are so stocked and so good. They're among the best in the league. Doesn't guarantee success, but they, it sets them up great. That's all you can ask. How many years have we heard that? They nope. try. Provorov, he was supposed to be like this hey, stud. He's, he's not. Yes, he is. Yes, he uh, is. Okay. I, I just, I'm more disturbed that anyone watches preseason hockey. What? Do you watch preseason uh, Eagles? No. Do you watch preseason anything? No. Why would you? Do you watch yeah. a Phillies game? One of the 162? <laughs> yeah. Do you watch like the first worse. 10 Phillies games of the season? That's I, worse. The first 50. You go to opening That's day preseason. Phillies. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> what else is on during the first 10 baseball? NBA basketball? If our guys are in it. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I think, I think preseason hockey. I think preseason hockey is the worst preseason there is. No, I love it because I love getting a, a look at these kids that I never got to see. I just heard about them or read about them in juniors or college. You watch Junior Flyer. It's TV. not on. It's not on TV. You don't stream it from somewhere? No, I don't have that package. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Phil's. I looked it up today. It's officially over. They're six and a half back with seven to play. Yeah, it's officially over. Like mathematically? It's, no, it's not official yet, but it's out of their hands now. Right. Like so the, if the Brewers win one game, they're out. So now I've conceded that they probably won't make the playoffs. And will you watch a, an inning of Phillies after they're mathematically eliminated? Probably not. No, I'll watch an inning because there's nothing else on. Will you watch? I would watch, I would watch pointless Phillies uh, baseball before I watch the preseason hockey game. <laughs> Wow. wow, he's making just wow. point here. Will you watch baseball when the Phillies are out? Yeah, yeah, I'll watch post. I'll watch the postseason. Will you? No, no yeah. way. Hard pass. Really? Baseball's unwatchable. Could not to me. care less. I mean, I won't watch like I won't sit down and watch every pitch and every inning, but I'll definitely like I'll put it on unless there's something else. Unless there's something legitimate else on sports wise. Who are you picking to win the World Series? I don't even know who. <laughs> I don't even know who would qualify. Like I think the Dodgers are pretty good. Braves the, are good. And the Red Sox and the Braves. Red Sox? Yeah, I think the Red Sox are good. Mm. Yeah, I have no idea, and I could care. I could <laughs> yeah. care less. Yeah. All right. Actually, I'm going to correct you there. It's couldn't care less. Okay. To be technical. 
Thank you. Just, just saying. Uh, so does that mean that this season is a disappointment after getting Bryce and all the hype around that, like not even making the playoffs? So this is a this is a debate because if they end the season eighty and eighty two, that would be exactly how they ended last year. So then you could say this was a complete waste, right? If they win like three or four of their last seven games, they'll be above five hundred. They'll be like eighty two and eighty. So you could you could make the argument, well, we were better than we were last year. We're right. trending up. So you can make the case to keep Kapler and, and the front office. So it'll be interesting to see. These, yeah. That's why these next seven games are important. <laughs> How is attendance? Way better than last year? I don't know. It had to be better. We're Plus going I, on Friday. Yeah, I'll be there Friday. <laughs> um, the Sixers? Yeah, we'll just end with the Sixers. NBA season starts in a month. I guess it was a month from yesterday. Um I was just saying, you guys, Matisse Thibel, their first-round draft pick, has a high ankle sprain, Who? which is so typical of Sixers rookies to be injured. But doesn't look like he's going to miss the season. So <laughs> we'll count that as a win. Um, How long will he be out for? They're anticipating him to be ready for the like, opener. opener. But he's just not participating in any workouts at this point. Was it a summer ball injury or is yeah. it an off-court? Okay. Yeah, he was playing, practicing. So Mike thinks – the Flyers are going to make the playoffs. Yep, and win a round. Okay. Well, I didn't say that, but I'll I'll, I'll go there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Flyers will make the playoffs. You believe the Sixers will play in the, the Eastern East? Conference Finals? Play in the Eastern Conference the Finals East. against. So there's talk that Durant could possibly come back this season. He tore his Achilles, ruptured his Achilles last year. If Durant's in the mix, him and Kyrie and Brooklyn are legit contenders. I think the most obvious answer here, though, is Milwaukee and Giannis. Okay, so then since we're doing playoff predictions, Eagles, division winners, playoffs, yes, no, at this point? As we stand today, the Eagles will not make the playoffs. Oh, I think they make the playoffs. They're in. They're in. Like a wild card? At least. Yeah. Because Dallas looks like they're going to win the division. Well, I mean— what do you think? Dallas is going 16-0? and 0? No, but if they have a better record than us, they win our division. And, and the Eagles the only play way them twice. And a wild card. And the Eagles play them twice. Okay. Yeah, I have no faith in the Cowboys sustaining whatever they're doing. Winning. Up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You heard there it here first. <laughs> All right. Um, so the first... Uh, article topic we'll discuss was written by uh, Zlati. We choose the worst <laughs> authors. Meyer. Um, it was a quick article on fastcompany.com called These Two Groups Are the Pe Best Tippers. And it basically just cites a creditcards.com poll, which surveyed about 2,500 U.S. adults and revealed that um, women are more likely or better tippers than men. And then it also did... Um, it broke up the, I guess, people who surveyed, who took the survey by demographics. And Go there. That baby boomers are better tippers than millennials, which shocking. We can't get out of a podcast <laughs> without talking about millennials. Um, what do you guys want? Where do you want to start? First of all, I just want to understand creditcards.com was the polling <laughs> organization. I don't know who that is, but 
does that mean that they actually took credit card data and broke out the tip part of it and then tied that back to the demographics you would, of who you would hope so it, it would have to be because if have it was to. like a it's not phone just survey answering questions <laughs> right. right okay yeah because if it's creditcard.com and that's what they're doing this is these are legitimate okay. facts right okay just want to confirm so they they mentioned that baby boomers tipped more often than millennials mm-hmm. but when it came to dining out when millennials tipped they typically tipped more better yeah okay mm-hmm. so the let's focus on boomers tipping more than millennials or tipping more often than millennials do you think any of that is a function of just having more wealth? Like, is it fair to millennials? Because maybe they don't tip as much because they just don't have as much money. Yeah, I guess. But I just feel like if you're, if you can't tip, if you can't afford to tip, whatever you're doing, you shouldn't be doing. Don't, don't be doing it. Okay. Yeah, I think the boomers tipping less on average, though, makes sense. Because I think, I feel like boomers grew up more in a 15% is like the max. That's kind of what you do. Whereas I think nowadays people are kind of like, it, it's moved up to like 20. 20 yeah. is kind of like, like the, the, standard. the baseline. Mm-hmm. So at what, if any, instance would you absolutely skunk somebody at a restaurant? No tip, zero. Never. Never. It would have to be just outrageous. Something happened that was like, Egregious, you know. They could probably spit in my food and I'd still tip them 20%. <laughs> so let's say they completely fall on their face. They comp your meal, right? Do you leave a tip? Yes. Okay. Mike? Do you leave a tip if you're this, – this happened to me last week. I'm sitting there waiting for practice to finish. I have time to kill. I'm at the bar, but I have two waters while I'm watching the, the game. I left five bucks. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's oh, it's it's more it's than probably more. It's more than fair. Yeah. Although they're doing the same thing, right? They're getting a glass, they're filling it with a liquid, they're handing it to you. So I don't right. see a difference. Right. So I think you have to tip in that in that circumstance. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think twenty percent is a standard. On average, I think I probably tip twenty five ish, because twenty is like just if it's if it's basic, and if I feel like they have done a really good job. I mean, it's, it's 25. Um, and I like the standard in dining out. Like it's already in my head when I get outside of a restaurant, I am like freaking clueless on how, on what to do anymore. How much, um, I struggle with like the airport. You catch a shuttle. Yeah. So it's Melissa and I, they, they put our bags in the back. They take our bags out. Half the time I don't have cash on me, which pisses oh, me yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then is five bucks the standard anymore? I feel like I've been giving five bucks to those guys for like thirty years. Like, isn't inflation involved? <laughs> and if it's more than that, ten, really ten dollars to take my bags and hand them to me? I go five, and I do it fifty percent of the time because the other fifty percent of the time I don't have cash. Uh, yeah, I, I find myself without any cash, yeah. or, and maybe it's a twenty. And then I'm either saying, uh, can you break a 20 or you just sort of slink away and get, say, I'll get you next time. Yeah. Or like, just... I'll get my bag on the way out. <laughs> I would be, I would default to just giving them the 20 because I'm so happy that I actually have cash on me and I can share it with them. But that's all your cash. That's yeah, all now the you're 20 gone. you have. I mean, I pretty much apply the 20% rule to everything. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's just like hairstylists, 20%. Um, 
what else do you tip for? Hotel I guess- housekeepers. I feel like there. This is all, like some people never do, and some people always do. Again, a very confusing tip situation. I don't know mm-hmm. how to handle it. Thankfully, Melissa does it because I would just do twenty a day. Yeah, but I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to tip them when you leave. Yeah. So if you're there for five days, you give nothing during the five, yes. and then when I think you that's exit, right. you, you drop leave a tip. What? Now, what would you leave? A hundred for five days? I'd probably leave fifty. Fifty bucks. That's 50 right. Bucks. Or wrong. Trains, what would you leave? That's about right. Yeah. 50, 10 a day? Yeah. I think, I, think, I think 10 a day is probably the baseline. Okay. All right. Well, that clears it up. I mean, that's helpful because I'm, I'm always, I mean, my, did I get my hair cut? She charges me 20 bucks. So now I'm in a really strange predicament. Five is not enough. What am I going to do? Leave her eight? So, so I give her 10. Yeah. Well, when I leave, like, I do it on the screen and the screen gives you a tip like three, five, seven. So I'm, I've been going seven on the twenty. Yeah, and it's like that's I mean, it fine. seems weird. It's kind of like why'd you pick seven? You could have yeah. just gone with the ten, but but it's on a screen, so that's yeah. easy. Yeah. She asks me, "Would you like to add the tip to the credit card?" I'm like, "Yeah." How much? Like I would look like an asshole if I said seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I say ten, and she goes, "Oh, thank you." And that's it. Fifty percent tip. Yeah. Crazy. Does does how your hair looks depend on does it does it depend Dude, on that? If I tip based on how my hair looks, which isn't her fault at all, you'd be charging her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what about Ubers? Do you guys tip in the app? I do, and I like it because I I, I actually go a little under. Really? They, well, they'll give you like the option, don't yeah. they? If as I recall. But it's only it's in dollar amounts. Like they don't give percentages. It's I and I can't speak to Lyft. Lyft I don't use enough, but Uber. It's like one, three, or five dollars. Yeah. Now I don't take very long trips, so maybe if your trip's longer, it increases that amount. But it gives you the dollar amount options, yeah. or you can say no. You can say no tip. I'll always tip, and I love it because I'll I'll typically go middle of the road, so you, you're not cheap, but you're not you know spending too much, and it's still it's not a bank breaker. Yeah, I do five every time. <laughs> yeah, it's because you got some fears that they're they're gonna like search you up and track you down, right? I mean, it's possible it happens. <laughs> no offense to Uber drivers. Well, one last thing yeah. on that again, more my confusion is that the the trash men at Christmas time. Oh, dude they they give us an envelope, they give us a card, they put it in our mailbox. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but it's it, there's no like return. I, you know what they need to do is give me a return envelope, because then I don't know how to give it to them. Some people like tape it to the trash can, but then like. What if it gets thrown out? What if they miss it? Like the inside of the lid? Oh, yeah. Like who would do that? I know people that just put a case of beer out there. It's not a bad idea. Not going to miss that. Hmm. I could do like a case of beer or a six pack with like a Merry Christmas and put the envelope there. That seems a little excessive. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Thankfully, the fudgy wudgy guy at the beach takes Venmo now because that made tipping way easier. Yeah. And paying for it because you don't have to bring cash to the beach because that's the that's a killer. Yeah. Do you tip the hot dog guy at the beach? Yeah. Like a dollar. A dollar. You get hot dogs at the beach? Oh my uh, god. Yeah. They're the best hot really? dogs in the world. Uh, we're talking to Mr. Avalon. <laughs> I've just never seen him. They have they have sushi. <laughs> they sell sushi at the beach. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> like hot dogs, but I like Seattle hot dogs. <laughs> uh all right. Anything more on that? No, I'm good. We're good. 
Okay. Um, so this next article was in the Wall Street Journal. It was written by Elliot Brown called How Adam Newman's Over-the-Top Style Built WeWork. This is not the way everybody behaves. So um, WeWork has obviously been in the news a lot recently because of their delayed IPO. And I kind of thought like this article was a little bit of just like some background on this guy specifically and like the type of person he is, the type of culture he's uh, created at WeWork. Do you guys want to talk about the the company itself? Do we want to talk about him? Do we want to talk about the IPO? I mean, there's a lot. Can we, can we start cover. with the IPO, Mike? Like maybe you can just... Well, let's start with the company. I mean, WeWork is basically like, you know, this guy is a is a piece of work is is putting it mildly. And there's a lot of these guys out there now, the you know, Travis Kalanick and Elizabeth Holmes at at Theranos and and even Elon Musk. There's this whole crop of these like young CEOs that are entrepreneurs. No. Yes, Would you but, throw the um, Fire Festival guy? What was his name? He's all I thought that's of when di- I read the article. That's different because that was a that was just a one. Th- these are people that actually created companies and got lots of funding for an actual right. business. Um, but they're all arrogant storytelling. We're going to change the world. Not here's the business and here's why the math works. A salesman. Yes, but this guy. Anyway, so so we work. The whole idea is like. Instead of typically a commercial real estate, you buy a building and then you, you lease it out to tenants and you, you make your money and you hope that you know there's no recession that kills you. They actually lease the building, long-term lease, and then they sublet it out to even single people or small, you know, just they jam communities of people into the space and they, they put a bunch of money in, in it to renovate it and make it really cool and hip and community-esque and that's the selling point. Um, real short term, real short term. Right? Yeah, even as much as like I don't know. I think it can be a. I think they can be like hourly or hourly daily. Or day. Yeah. Um, but they're typically really fledgling uh, young companies mm-hmm. or solo, you know, programmer types or what yeah. have you. So huge, huge risk. Anyway, the the they file the paperwork with the SEC, and it's great because then once the analyst community reads it and they see the hubris involved in the guy. Reads what? The S one, the the registration statement for the which details all the, you know, financials, financials and that's their disclosed vision, by who? The company. We work. Right, right. But he he has a lot of. Does he have a lot of input into that? Sure. Does, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because like I think that the they were laughing at how poorly the S one was written. Correct. Right, and the self the, all the self dealing that's disclosed in there, and people were starting so to freak out. So many conflicts of interest. Um, and so they'd just gotten hammered, and obviously the IPO has been pulled at least temporarily, and it's been a complete shit show, and it may never come out. Um, the original SoftBank, the original venture capital lead VC investor is down huge on their investment. But this company loses so much money. Mm-hmm. The revenues and the revenue growth is astounding, but their losses are equally astounding, right? So they're, they're just losing so much money, and there's no clear path to how they're going to eventually be profitable. And that's what their problem is. There's no, the math is not working. That's what cracks up. It's like their revenue growth is so astounding. Well, okay. So if I open up a thousand new facilities across the world, of course, in those thousand facilities, there's going to be revenue, right? But then you got to look at the other side of it, which is how much did it cost me to get those thousand facilities up and running and you're burning cash. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's never going to be profitable. So I, I hate that term. Like the revenue growth has been so good because they're ignoring what it's taking you to get there. But similar stories at Uber and um, DoorDash and all these others that are yeah. losing money hand over fist. It's, but what's what to me this it's the person that's crazy. He's he he describes it not as a real estate company. Right. It's a we're a community company because I'm going to change the world. He 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 talks about how he wants to become a trillionaire, how he wants to become president of the world. He sounds like an eight year old. Yeah. Literally, in, in in his statements and his behaviors, you know. Insane. When you're when you're serving alcohol at your place of work, I think that's a problem. We have beer car Fridays. That's a good point. <laughs> When's the last time we had a beer car Friday? We haven't had one. But in he a while. like in the one example, he he fired seven percent of the workforce because he didn't he thought they were lousy performers and then he he trots out run dmc and tequila and they all of a sudden launch into a party and everyone's looking at each other like what the hell just oh i thought he had said i thought the article said they had to cut because of like they needed to save some money that's why they fired the people yeah Yeah. and then he trots out run dmc it's tricky tricky. (laughs) (laughs) like what did that cost well probably not much yeah oh yeah becoming leader of the world living forever and getting a trillion in wealth like those are your three goals in life? Really? Yeah, it's, it was. Yeah, I mean, the article, I don't have a really, really great picture of this guy. I mean, it, was, it totally turned me off to, like, to him in, in particular. Um, you know, when you hear, well, he's such a great storyteller. So, so what? Well, but that's Who are you the, telling stories to? The, These people are buying this That's shit. the point. They talk about how, how, how charismatic he is in that sense and where he'll meet with a prospective investor and they're writing a check right there then and there because they can't get over the storytelling aspect of it and they can't think about it logically. Yeah. They're just like, wow, this guy is going to, whatever gonna he says he's going to do, he's going to do. I'm, I believe in this guy. Same thing with these other people, you know, Elon Musk and these guys, same thing. Yeah. It's crazy. I think we're going to look back at this group of companies with these particular characters in charge and it's just going to be, what were people thinking? Put it like backing these people. They're not good business people. They're just story. T- they're just charlatans. Well, how how stupid, for lack of a better word, are the people that are writing the checks to them? Like, well, the SoftBank guy is a kindred spirit with with Newman. Yeah. They're the same kind of person. Like, oh yes, we're gonna we're gonna transform the world. This is the greatest thing ever. But don't bother looking at the numbers. Don't bother looking at whether. But the SoftBank have money. Oh, yeah. yeah. More money than any other fund. So that guy's not an idiot. I mean, he started a company. They're they're very successful. They're How? a big venture cap, like a big funding to a lot of Silicon Valley efforts. But that's where like this this whole thing, it's not a tech company. Like this, right, Adam right. Newman wants it to be. He wants the funding that's akin to the Ubers and the Lyfts and those big companies that burn cash. And now that people can actually see like under the hood – it's not a tech company and it doesn't warrant that kind of that kind of significant funding which is why the what was it a 47 billion dollar and they were talking higher than that cuz and then it's amazing how the narrative just builds upon itself because it's going the, the the momentum is going down and down and down when the whole analyst community community is like this is a joke yeah like where did he get any of this that he they oh what I mean, is it, is it bad that it it makes me like it makes me chuckle 
that this guy thought the company was worth $47 billion. Well, it's not just him. That's, I mean, that's right. That's people funding it. That's the people that he's, I don't know if tricked is the right word because I think there's like a delusion component. Totally. To like he believes what he's doing. He's not trying to like, I at least I don't think so. And I think about like Elizabeth Holmes, like they, they believe with everything in them that the, what they're doing, what they're selling, what they've created is, is this $47 billion venture. It just makes me chuckle because they do believe it, right? But they they haven't really looked at the numbers to see is it justified. Mm-hmm. And when you send it to the SEC, an analyst look at it and they go, what "The hell is this guy smoking? It's not even close to forty seven billion." Well, he's smoking marijuana, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it also relates back to what we've talked about before, where if you have a really good storyteller, you can yeah. sell anything. You can sell anything. And people buy it and they throw throw aside all rationality because they just get mesmerized by the story. I saw him on a YouTube clip and he was basically saying, look, you know, eight years from now, 60% of people that currently don't live outside a city are going to live and work in a city and they're going to live, they're going to work in one of these communities, these we work offices because we are cre- we are going to transform this world from the me world to the we world, like or some corny <laughs> thing like that, you know. I mean, it's like, and you, you're watching this guy. You're like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, I mean, you saying that because I didn't see the YouTube. It's like that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm curious if I would have felt the same way if I heard that before all this shit happened. I think there's a component to it of not wanting to miss out, though, right? Like. All of these venture cap people and all of this money, they don't want to say no to the investment that ends up killing it or the company that ends up blowing up. So I think there's there's a hedging component to it too, like not wanting to miss out. Um, and if you have somebody who's that convincing and that charismatic, I mean, and that like, and I'm saying cool, I'm putting it in air quotes because like I'm sure he's a douche, but like there are things about him as a, as a guy, as a leader, that maybe is appealing to certain people. Like and, Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> but the businesses are all trying to compare themselves. So so like Facebook and Amazon acquired all these users and they sell them all kinds of other shit. And that's what's made them so valuable. Um, Lyft, WeWork are trying to make the same case that we are going to not only just sell, let's say, office space, but... We are going to use all that network of users to sell them other stuff, and they're, right. and they're and they're making the claim that the addressable market is just infinite. It's the whole planet. It's we're going to dominate the planet. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, hasn't anyone just looked around and saw that there's like American Executive Centers and what's the other one called? Um, the one we use, I. Well, that's what we use, but it's like Roger or something like that. No, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like. They're already doing it. Yes, it's not American Executive Centers isn't like a, a nice, cool, hip place, but it serves its purpose. It serves its purpose. And it got destroyed in 08 when the mark when the when the real estate market just went down and people lost their jobs. I mean, those places were empty. There was no one there. But I mean, like I think about what he's trying to do with WeWork is creating a community where you go to work and you have all this fun and cool stuff around you. Doesn't that mean it's gonna be we don't work? You're going to go there and drink right. tequila and have, yeah. have fun with your – I mean, <laughs> that's not where you're going to get work done. I, yeah, I also think too with so many more professions being able to work remotely, which is obviously the appeal of something like this, that also means you can be in your house. Like 
why wouldn't I stay in my pajamas, log into my computer from my office at home, not pay hourly rates, not worry about the guy in the cube next to me distracting me? I mean, that just might be me and my preference, but I just feel like with so many people being able to, you know, connect remotely, that having to do all the shit that you would do going to an office when it's not like your office, it's just not appealing. Yeah, I agree. His vision, I feel like, is that this office complex in a city is going to be full of like a WeWork barber, a WeWork masseuse, a WeWork laundromat, where you just basically kind of operate and get all your stuff done, your errands and everything else, in addition to your work, while being in this community that he's selling you. And that just doesn't sound like it's ever going to happen to me. Yeah, I'm out. I'm not going. (laughs) I guess we could maybe have WeWork up here. Use some of our empty office space. The last one we have here is NBA considers creating investment vehicles to buy stakes in teams. It was on Bloomberg, Bloomberg written by Scott Soshnik. Close. Uh, the NBA is the most popular progressive league in the country. That's mostly my opinion, but um, it's not going unnoticed. A memo recently sent to owners indicated that the league is exploring the potential formation of a new capital vehicle that could purchase passive minority ownership interests across multiple NBA teams. So it it would, I guess, ideally give an opportunity um, for investors to have access to ownership that they otherwise wouldn't have. And then it also talked about it being able to provide liquidity for current owners um, to divest of some of their stake, which I guess because of how valued these teams are, is just hard to do if you want to if you want to get out. You think something like this has legs? Um, I don't think that portion of it has legs. Where they talk about it's it, it could be a potential liquidity event for an owner. I just think the average investor, their stake in it would be so small. I don't see how that could be like a liquidity event for an owner. Well, I think average investor is probably not applicable here. So like it, there's, wouldn't, it wouldn't come trickle down to people like us to be able to invest in them? I, I think it would, but I, I don't think that's going to have an effect on the, the owner getting out. I think right. it's like there's ownership level and then there's super rich people who are still not ownership level who could maybe move the needle a yeah. bit. Yeah, I think... I think most owners of franchises are not looking for liquidity events and they own the franchise for egotistical purposes and the ability to be the cool owner of the of the Seahawks or who, whoever, right? Um, but I do think I do think that this will happen though. I think there'll be a piece of professional sports teams that'll be made available for investment by the fans. And that'll help, obviously it'll help, you know, prop up values, but give the fans another way to have a vested interest in the, in the home club. Would they have to become public companies at that point in order to offer this? No, I think the Packers have something like this. I think the Packers are the only team of the four major sports that's a public company, correct? I have no idea. Yeah, I think they are. I think their their, their season ticket holders are, are the owners of the company. But no, they they wouldn't have to be public. I mean, you can structure it to be a an investment vehicle that's private. That you know, if you have if you have the right qualifications, you can invest in. But um, I think it makes sense. I think it's a from the standpoint of the leagues and the ownership group, it just it just provides another hook for fans to be lifelong ticket purchasers and 
buying your merchandise because it, it just it's that affinity and loyalty thing. I think it's uh, I think it's going to happen. I mean, I haven't crunched any numbers, but every time you hear like a like a football team has been bought and sold, I mean, the numbers are just astronomical. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Jeff Lurie paid for the Eagles and then what it's worth now, but I know it's like it's it's multiples, multiples of it. Well, I just I, I read recently or heard recently that Jor- Michael Jordan sold a stake in the Hornets. So I just Googled it to figure out what those numbers were. The valuation of the Hornets before the sale was one point five billion. It was before Michael bought them? No, before he it was valued before he made the sale. Okay. So that's the most recent number. When Jordan bought his control, the value was two hundred and eighty million. And that was back in 2006 when they were the Bobcats. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't crunched the numbers. I mean, to be able to compare it to anything, and the only thing I would compare it to is, right, if your if your money doubles every 10 years at seven percent. So I mean, was that a was that a typical standard U.S. stock multiple, or was it more than that? That's actually funny you say that. The valuation of the Hornets has increased 757 percent since Jordan bought control. In contract, the stock. In contrast, the stock market is up 160 percent. So Jordan's investment in the Hornets has done 4.7 times better than the S and P 500. Yeah, I mean, I would probably guess that that's fairly standard. I mean, unless you're talking about like the Cleveland Browns. But also, this article is talking about creating a vehicle that would almost be like an index fund yeah. of the NBA or of. Whatever. Right, like it wouldn't necessarily be tied to one particular team. Yeah, so right? like you would be making an investment on the basis that you think there's going to be like significant growth in that sport. So you guys would not be long holders of the NFL. Right. Correct. Not. <laughs> Here's the other unintended consequence. Let's say Joe Sixpack owns a piece of like the, the a football team. Doesn't that make him even more prone to lose his mind oh yeah game absolutely and yeah. like throw things at a player who, yeah. who who threw an interception or something yeah, 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 yeah. or yeah. to be like the guy yelling f-words in yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> caught on tape i think that i don't know that the nfl does something like this i feel like the owners are too old i, I feel like the nba and i, I can't speak yeah. to the nhl or the the mlb i don't know that nfl owners want to relinquish I agree. I agree. I don't Jerry think, Jones. I don't think there's a problem to be solved here with the NFL. It's not, it doesn't right. solve a problem. They're not looking to liquidate a right. billion dollar franchise. They're just like, I, it's my, I own the Cowboys and yeah. I'm, I'm the man. Yeah. Know? Like Jerry Jones isn't yeah. changing that. Right. Are they the most valuable franchise in sports? I think, but I don't know for sure. Curious. I don't know. Okay. I think the NBA would be a good test, uh, test league for it to happen. And I think it would be kind of cool. Top five this week is things that should be obsolete in the next five years. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. I think a lot of mine are going to be repeated by you guys, but um, I would say passwords should be obsolete in five years. We shouldn't shouldn't have to do this anymore. Username, password, mm-hmm. come on. I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, travel agencies, like one. the brick-and-mortar travel agency still exists. We used one last uh, this past year, and it was actually great. Okay. Um, I, I could plug them, but I'm not going to. <laughs> checks, like physical checks to pay a bill. Surprise, you said that. That was yep. mine. Business cards. Oh, yeah. They have to be obsolete in five years. They should if, be if obsolete yesterday. Yeah. Somebody tried to hand me a business card last week. I'm like, 
I'm sorry. I don't have one to give back to you because I don't have them. So uh, we did a presentation here uh, like a week ago and the two of our clients' kids, well, her, their daughter and her boyfriend were there. So they're my age, asked me for a business card. I was like, what? Like, can I just like text you my email address or something? <laughs> Bitch, go to my LinkedIn. <laughs> you want my Twitter? <laughs> uh, my last one's commercials. Mm. Watching the like watching an NFL a game one. this past weekend. I mean, I was, I was dying. Cut the cord. No commercials. Yeah, those those are mine. Okay, I had um, I also had checks. Um, another one I have is maybe kind of related, but wallets. Oh my God! Do they do they still exist? Yeah, they do. I mean, but why? Male and female. Yeah, we're just like all the stuff that's in there should be handled separately from being residing in a wallet. That's just my thought. So you don't use a wallet, right? I now. do. Okay, but I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, cursive writing. So we just go. What's it called? What's the alternative? Print. Print and type and blockchain is that what it's called? And voice to text. <laughs> um, outlets. I've always wondered why, and the the old wall outlet hasn't changed in decades. Right, it's the same exact like formation and everything. Can't we figure out how to? When did we go GFI? Get rid of the cords on the basic GFI? stuff and I, like wall outlets. Why? Uh, cords. I mean, was, I understand why you need to power stuff. But yeah, like, cords was going to be one of mine, but which would which would kind of go with your with your outlets because if cords go, outlets are gone. Right. So if we can get solar, like if our phones can get or solar, just make make the lithium batteries work for you know ever forever. Why Fifty not? years. Yeah, I'm in. And then my final one, and I can't believe it's still here, but the penny, the penny, it's the bane of my existence. <laughs> I remember, and I swear, this must have been 20 plus years ago. I had a whole like jar full of pennies, and I took the time to roll them into the 50 cent things, and I went to cash it in, and I, it must have taken me an hour and a half, and it was $31.50. <laughs> and I, I was like, I am never doing this again. So you're not a fan of the penny save, penny earn? Inflation has gotten us to the point where just round everything up to a nickel, don't have any more penny increments, and be done with it. It costs more to make pennies. That's true. Than a penny. That's a fun fact. So I'm with fine. you. I mean, <laughs> I think. I mean, I think change in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Start with a penny, please. Yeah. Yeah, we can get rid of the penny first. Okay. All good. Um. All right. So I have department stores. I went to a Macy's the other day. What a sad state of affairs. What was the average age of the people in there? 112. <laughs> also, like the just. The apparel, the stuff that they're selling, it smells like my grandmother's perfume. I mean, it's... It you were there? Bad. Why were you there? I was in the mall, which I I think I've gone to once in the last 365 days. I was returning something. So, like, returning things... Should we ask what you were returning? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> maps. Okay. Like paper maps. Yeah, yeah they yeah, need yeah, to yeah. go. I don't even think I could read one. They're pretty. They're pretty straightforward. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Pretty intuitive. <laughs> uh, fax machines. No, oh, they yeah, gotta go for sure. I can't believe when things still say fax it. Yeah. Why? 
Schools are are big on that still. Yeah, I know you have. I, know, I can just scan that. it and email it. Yeah. You can take a picture. I can take a picture. Uh, DVD players. I mean, when was the last time you guys rented or bought a DVD? I don't I, even know. I one. don't own one anymore. Yeah. The one I had broke, I got rid of it, and I never. Why replace it? I don't it? even think my computer. I can't play. Yeah. Yeah, CDs. DVDs need to go. Yeah, DVDs, DVD players, um, and then my iPhone. <laughs> My 6S. Yeah, I think that is be. obsolete. It's I been obsolete. <laughs> it's been obsolete. I think it'll actually be like unusable with like maybe the next software update. So I had kind of an honorable mention that I wanted to debate. Uh, kind of goes back to a previous pod that we did. But I think movie theaters will be obsolete. I just don't see a value in them anymore. Are you going to make the case that everyone has an 80-inch TV <laughs> and therefore why do you need to go to a movie theater? I would suggest that most people have access to a large screen TV that's clear, that has some kind of surround system available. And if you want to go watch Transformers 12, you don't have to pay $60 to take your spouse and two kids. I, well, I don't know. I don't go to the movie. I think I went to a movie recently. The Avengers are one of those because we had nothing to do and it was weird but there were a lot of young people there that i think still enjoy the experience i think that's it's not just older people that go to the movies i think a lot of, i think it's i think it's going to be around for a while you do you think it's got a longer shelf life than the nfl um because i would say movies will be out like movie theaters won't exist before the nfl doesn't exist i would agree with you you're probably that. right on that i mean i was talking 20 years on the nfl 20 I mean, they're trying with theaters. I mean, they have the movie taverns now where you yeah. can lounge and get a drink. I just think it's just so expensive to go see a, th a movie in the theater. I think, well, and to me, the only movies that are even in the theater that attract any are the superhero stuff, right? Yeah. Everything else. Kid like, stuff. It's all kid stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. So until they stop making those for some reason or there's no reason for kids to go to see the, the latest, you know, Marvel movie then yeah there's no reason for a movie theater no one's going to see well plus i mean a lot of great content's never never even shown up in a movie theater right. so that's my point like we're going to that where you're not going to a theater netflix apple i mean they're all just releasing good good content um and i think if the prices continue to climb and climb parents are just kids look we're, we're gonna go see pokemon 12 at home we're not gonna we're not going to do like the trip to the theater for it. So the theaters can now become WeWork. Uh, <laughs> That's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. Um, the articles we discussed on today's pod will be linked in the episode description on either Spotify or iTunes. Make sure you follow our Twitter at Untucked Pod for updates on new episodes. See you guys next time. 